0: I'll be marching along in the big parade on St. Patrick's Day. I'll be up to me neck in shamrocks as I march along the way. I'll swing that old shillelagh as I wave to each... Hello,
1: this is Sydney Moon.
2: And this is Randy Moon.
1: And welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round.
3: This is Beth, and I will be talking about the green of St. Patrick's Day today.
4: Awesome. This is Cole, and I'm going to be talking about Holi, the Festival of Colors.
2: And we have a very snowy day here in Virginia. It snowed overnight. They were calling for snow. I didn't really believe it because it had been, I don't know, 62 just a couple days before. Yeah. But it came, and we probably have about four inches on spots on the ground.
3: Yep, it's lovely.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really stuck to the trees.
3: And it's so pretty when it does that.
2: Yeah, so it was a very pretty. So this has been a very snowy winter for us so far, January and now beginning of February. But today is also Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, yeah.
4: Whoop, whoop. Neither of our teams are playing. Oh, no. Nope. But both of our division rival is playing. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, that was a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the
2: Cincinnati Bengals Versus the Los Angeles Rams. Who you got winning? This whole podcast
4: is going to be about the Super Bowl, just like all of TV today. It can be. I would be okay with that. But since this comes out two weeks from now, it'll be a little after the fact. It will be. Dad, who's your pick? I don't know. I don't really care who wins.
3: Who wants to lose?
2: I'd rather the Bengals lose because there are division rivals. Okay. And I like Matthew Stafford, who's the quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams and he's been on crappy teams most of his career so this is nice that he's finally gotten to the Super Bowl. So, that's kind of my thought.
4: Yeah, I don't feel super strong either way. I'm just glad that it's not the Chiefs, it's not the Patriots, like it's not the Browns. None of the teams that I really dislike are in the the Super Bowl this year. It's not the Cowboys. It's not the Cowboys. I don't know that there's a team other than the Cowboys on the NFC side that I really don't like. You know, it would have been nice for Tampa Bay to make it back and win since I'm in Tampa. So that would have been really awesome to see like the big parades, the celebrations, all of that stuff that would come from being in a Super Bowl winning city. But no such luck this year. And as of now Tom Brady's gone, so we'll see how Tampa does in the following years.
2: That's right. And of course this is all for American football, not Football uh, that most of the world thinks about. This is the American football major championship. Gridiron football. That's right. It is also, interestingly, another weekend of the Olympics. The Winter Olympics are going on right now in Beijing. Now, has anybody amongst us been watching the Olympics much? No? A lot of shaking heads no. It's good for an audio podcast. What's that?
4: (laughs) Two of us shook our heads and mom yawned.
3: (laughs) I actually... Like the Winter Olympics, but I haven't had a chance to watch many.
2: Yes, yeah, so I've been watching the Winter Olympics a little bit, and mostly the outcomes. So I watched a little bit of sn- snowboarding. I know the monobob, which was the new sport where there's one person in a bobsled going down the hill. It's a brand new sport, just for women. They had their Olympic run yesterday, I think it was, and a U.S. woman won that by far. Like I guess nobody was even close. Time-wise. Wow. Interesting. So lots of interesting things on the Olympic side. And then Valentine's Day is tomorrow as of this recording. So, of course, you guys will hear this uh, in the past. But we hope you had a good Valentine's Day. Uh, We do a normal exchange of like a card, gift kind of thing, flowers, that kind of thing with us. I think, Cole, you inherited some of that anyways.
4: Yeah. Yeah, Kalia and I are doing gifts for each other. Uh, You guys also sent us valentine's day cards that were silly mine had a (laughs) cat with a bandana and little cowboy hat on it (laughs) kelia's had a llama and all the writing inside all the words with l had two l's so we both (laughs) thought that was cute and disney gift cards which we're not gonna say you know we're never gonna say no to (laughs) right we finally have enough from you guys that we can actually go to a park so we were trying to figure out what's a good time to do that kelia wanted to wait till may but I was like, May is going to be a time when it's starting to pick up as far as crowds go. Hmm. So we're thinking maybe sometime in March we'll try to go to Animal Kingdom on a day that's a little warmer so the animals will be out.
3: And I do. And just something to remember is that spring breaks will impact the parks. So you might want to just Google when spring breaks are.
2: It's a good point. We always had spring breaks around here in middle of March, so we would go down early March, and that seemed to be most a little bit before most places' spring breaks. And then, of course, it's that time of year where we have Valentine's stuff in the stores, we have St. Patrick's stuff in the stores, in some stores, Michael's mostly, and we have (laughs) Easter stuff coming out.
3: Yep. So there's a plethora of smallish holidays. I guess Easter's not small, but a couple of small holidays and then Easter.
2: Yeah, and of course Michael's still has Christmas things that they're trying to get rid of, so... It's got the whole range. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In fact, I think I I did. I I saw a Halloween little section in Michael's, too. Wow. So the only thing they were missing was kind of the summer holidays.
3: You know why? Because, like, in Hobby Lobby, they will discount things, like, 90%. -hmm. And Michael's doesn't, so they don't get their stuff.
2: Well, it takes a long time, but yesterday when I went... Their Christmas and Halloween stuff was 80% off. <laughs> so it took a while.
3: <laughs> but they and they're got still there. only at 80. Yeah. That's funny.
2: Yep, But they eventually got there. Any other holiday happenings from the crew?
4: Well, it sounds like you guys have had some cold weather and it's been... It dropped down a little bit here. On one day, we had it drop all the way to about 40 during the day and 25 in the evening so
3: that is crazy
4: yeah so for florida that was very cold yep i was telling keely that's below freezing level it didn't rain and also uh, a lot of the tropical like airways and the fact that we're on the ocean would you know keep it from snowing but if we were inland and it did rain maybe it would have snowed a little bit
2: yeah last weekend the kincaids went down to their friends in houston and they actually had a little bit of a winter storm uh right beforehand like a little ice storm down there while it was warmer up here so crazy weather as always
3: yeah that's right you never know that's
4: funny i was speaking of texas i was having a discussion with a friend of mine who i've known for for quite a little while quite a close friend and we were talking about he would not believe that there were alligators in texas
2: what what
4: he was like, it, it's desert. There's cactuses. And I was like, no, oh, no. That's so funny. And I was like, you realize I was born in Texas, right? And he was like, no, no, I don't believe that. He was a little inebriated at the time. Ah. There was nothing I could do to convince him because I was like, you can go go check on like my Facebook. It says born. In he was like, no, you changed it. <laughs> I was like, check on my, my sister. She, it probably says it. And he was like, no, you, you texted her and wow. told her to change it.
3: Lots of conspiracies there.
4: And I was like, there's, there's nothing that there's, you've put me in a no win scenario here.
3: Does he have, have any idea how big Texas is and how many different ecosystems and, and environments there are in Texas? I
1: actually know someone at work going on vacation and for some reason in to Texas, like for a weekend trip or whatever. And she also mentioned something about water. I said, oh, be careful of the, the gators. And she said, what? I said there are alligators in Texas, and she didn't quite believe me either because she's like, "I never heard of that." I'm like, "No, there are." <laughs> it's like, don't let your animal go into the water. Any any body of water, just assume that they're in there. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's good to know. So, I don't know why people don't think. That.
4: I think it, I think it's the thought that it's a big one big desert, which is not yeah. correct necessarily for large swaths of it but i thought that was funny when you guys mentioned that yeah mentioned the kincaids because they were your uh friends from texas moved up to va yeah it's definitely hot
2: in texas it is desert like as you get kind of on the western half of the state so yeah just be prepared if you're going to texas it's do some research there's something called google you can research ahead (laughs) of time and see what it's it's like down there
3: yeah
4: yeah i think everyone when i moved here thought that it was... I was moving into Swamp. Yeah. Kaylee and I, she'd never seen the um, second Star Wars movie, not Attack of the Clones, Empire Strikes Back. So we got to the point on the Swamp planet yeah, where he crashed lands. And I'm like, I looked at it and I looked at her and I said, I think this is what people were thinking of when I said I was moving to Florida.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's accurate, Cole.
4: Very accurate. You saw where I live. Yeah. So it's very accurate. It's not five minutes from the ocean it's a bunch of houses in the swamp
3: <laughs> well interestingly disney is built on a swamp
4: a dredged swamp that is
2: not a swamp anymore but right. yes
3: well it, disney was amazing yeah. he, was, he was brilliant he figured out how to buy a ton of land very cheap <laughs> and he just <laughs> took that swamp took that swamp and he made it something awesome you know
4: what has a lot of uh green though swamps true
3: you know what else has a lot of green ireland yeah So today, I'm going to be talking about St. Patrick's Day and the green of St. Patrick's Day. And there are different theories as to why green became the color of St. Patrick's Day. It's one of the colors on the Irish flag. It's also the color of the shamrock, which is a symbol of Ireland. It's known as the Emerald Isle. And traditional Irish legend has that wearing green made you invisible to leprechauns. So there are just some theories but whichever it is, green is definitely associated with St. Patrick's Day. When you get St. Patrick's Day items, they are going to be green. Can you guys think of some things that can be
1: turned green for St. Patrick's Day?
4: Water. I'm thinking of like, isn't it Chicago River? They turn it green.
1: Beer, as we learned at the last podcast. Yep. It's true. Yep. Green beer.
2: Donuts. They serve green donuts at donut stores
4: yeah really any kind of pastry cakes pies anything like that really easy to turn green
2: let's name them all individually
1: <laughs> it's not even though food like um i know i saw like a tiktok or something of um, a daycare cook who showed what she would do in the kitchen for the the daycare kids she had all these kids and one day it was saint patrick's day so like she poured green food coloring and applesauce and she had green beans and she did something else so even like simple things like that just to make it green and i feel like that's very much an american thing for celebrating st patrick's day we go all out with the green yeah it's like an american irish thing
4: other things like uh asparagus broccoli yep grass
1: well there are
4: uh, green green
3: vegetables that's true and green
4: those are really easy to color green what's that all of those things
3: Yes, they are. They are easy to, yes, have green on your plate except for the foliage. That's green outside. I'm going to go down through a list of some of the things that people have thought of to turn green that you may or may not have considered. The first on the list, Sydney, green beer. I mean, I think that's cl- that's pretty classic.
2: Yep. I'm, drink, if, I'm drinking some right now. No, you're not. Oh. <laughs>
3: if you want to turn your beer green, if you want to do it and homemade DIY kind of thing. All you need are is some light beer, some light colored beer. Not light beer, some pale beer and some blue food coloring. Mix it, it'll turn green. So boom. Next is your body. So apparently people will turn parts of their body green. I don't recommend this, but you what can else? do your
2: fingernails or your eyeshadow or That's your true. you have fake contacts. Like you and I have green eyes. Right now, we don't need fake contacts.
1: That's true. I'm thinking green paint. I've seen a lot of like green paint on faces and things like that. Yeah. Yes. That's right. <laughs> it says
3: that fountain outside. Which is true. You can you can make the fountain water green for a period of time. What fountain? The fountain that I'm going that I just ordered, honey. <laughs> that's going to be in our front yard.
4: The full fountain, not like a little one from Amazon. She uh, contacted a sculptor.
3: <laughs> that's right and
0: you
4: bought a bunch of marble yep
3: so a photo booth backdrop that was a cute idea i thought ice cubes another cute idea green cupcakes which goes back to your pastry idea yep. anything like oh yeah could be turned you know anything vanilla can be turned green but
2: we said cakes
4: we didn't say cupcakes specifically
3: because we didn't need to oh. say everything.
4: That's true. Green cupcakes around this time are awesome, though. I'm eating one right now.
3: Yeah, no, you're not.
4: <laughs> and they turn your lips and teeth and tongue green as well. Actually, that's, that's true. the
3: um, icing. Like, do yeah, you have I, green frosting? Yeah. And that's another thing. If you want to have chocolate cupcakes, you can always do green frosting yeah. green sprinkles. I think
4: Dad and I were including the icing in with the cupcakes.
3: Oh, you were? <laughs> 'Cause just the pastry won't do it.
2: I wouldn't eat a plain cake pastry cupcake. That would not That's
4: be- a muffin. That's not even really a cupcake.
3: Well, it could have been a green cupcake with white frosting.
4: Right, and that
2: I would not have expected my tongue and or, lips and, and Yeah, teeth I wouldn't either. Break, right?
3: You're so brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> the air. What?
2: The air? Yeah.
3: It says you can create the effect of the air turning green. If you have a fog machine and place green lighting so that it's shining up through the fog, it will be a St. Patrick's Day miracle.
2: So what if you just put green food dye in the fog liquid?
3: I don't know that that's a good idea. Hmm. If if it's... Like you're breathing
2: it? That might be bad?
3: I'm pretty sure that's not going to be great, but it might land on your floor.
2: If you try that, let us know how it goes. (laughs)
3: But we don't recommend trying it.
4: That would be awfully spooky for a St. Yeah. Patrick's Day event. <laughs> that would be, yes.
1: That would be kind of a little creepy. Yeah. yeah. A creepy effect. That reminds me of like a Scooby-Doo episode where they have like green mist or something
3: like that. That's right. Green mist. That's right.
4: Ooh. Was there a Scooby-Doo? There had to have been a Leprechaun episode at one point.
2: Uh, let's see if she can pull it out of her head.
4: Can she? Can she name the specific episode season...
1: No, I don't remember anything like that. That might be something to get into, though, like an idea for someone to do. I don't think that that's done. I mean, they've had multiple snow monsters. They've had probably like Santa Claus and like Halloween, but I'm not sure about a leopard.
4: Have you tried reaching out to Scooby-Doo with ideas before? No. Reaching out to Scooby specifically. Oh,
2: I found, though, there is a Scooby, Luck of the Irish, which is the third part of an episode in the second season So they do have a Scooby-Doo leprechaun episode. It's a tiny little guy with red hair.
1: Must not be a part of the original one, though. Yeah, the classic
3: might not be the classic one. Yeah, must be a part of the newer one. And you feel like with leprechauns and the magic, they kind of missed out on an
1: opportunity there with the classic ones. Right. Well, again, the classic ones, I mean, they had, like, the budget of, like, a ham sandwich. So, (laughs) well... Okay. All right. Well, wait. I
2: did want to say though that episode aired in 1981,
1: so it's not it's not a new new one. No, it's not. So Sydney.
2: Am I disappointed?
1: I am. (laughs) I was ripped off. They're missing Leprechaun episode for my.
4: How classic can it be though if it doesn't have a generic ghost that's the color blue because that's like three fourths of them. True.
3: So another thing that you can turn green, and I thought this was a really cute idea. Is a chocolate fountain with white chocolate? Turn that white chocolate green.
2: Wait, is the fountain we're getting out front that you just ordered a chocolate fountain?
3: Maybe. <laughs> and then you can just go outside with your marshmallows. Nice, and
2: nice.
3: Make them, but light-colored cheeses like for fondue is also uh, an idea. So there's all yeah. kinds of ideas that people come
1: up with.
2: Green cheese seems more like mold.
1: No, not when it's like no. <laughs> No, like you can make it like a bright green, I'm sure. That's right. And it's a
3: Kelly green. It's not like the moldy green. Yeah.
1: So the last thing I'm going to talk
3: about is Irish pizza. And it says pizza may or may not be Irish. Okay, it's not. But that doesn't mean you can't turn it green. Use fresh dough and some food dye to get a nice green crust. And top it off with items like green bell pepper and spinach. You can even find some greens that resemble shamrocks to throw on top. So that was a, I thought the pizza crust was a really cute idea. One of the things that I've heard of a lot of people doing for kids, and this is, a friend of mine loves...
2: So, a spoiler if you're listening with your kids.
3: Some of the things I've heard that leprechauns do for kids in houses is uh, turn the, the toilet water green.
2: That's <laughs> a special thing.
3: <laughs> it's, it is. It's, it's, it's one of those funny things. And kids that grow up with it get excited that morning to go run and see if the leprechaun did that. Leprechauns are supposed to be mischievous, and they do silly things throughout the house. Like, they switch things around and, you know...
2: It's like early April Fool's Day kind of things?
3: Yeah, it's supposed to be pretty benign. So, it's not like these leprechauns don't do crazy things, but they, you know... I don't, to be honest, we
4: never did stuff
2: like this. No, so we, yeah, we didn't have the luck of Irish.
4: No, we never got to have April Fool's Day. Yeah.
3: No. I was talking about the leprechauns.
4: <laughs> right, right. No, I'm just saying holidays related to being mischievous were... They were left
2: <laughs> outside the house.
4: No matter how innocent the prank may be. Yeah. Pranks were... Uh, were dealt with swiftly and with an iron fist.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the way your life. That's what your childhood was.
4: <laughs> yep.
1: There is episodes called New Looney Tunes where they have like an updated Looney Tunes, and there is um, a leprechaun in there. And his first appearance is in the uh, episode "The Game Is afoot." His name is Shameless O'Scanty, <laughs> and he uh, is constantly trying to get luck by. Getting the rabbit's foot, and Bugs Bunny is constantly outwitting him. So um, I do remember that episode vividly. Um, I think that's one of my favorite episodes of the new Looney Tunes.
2: She's trying to make up for the fact that she didn't know the Scooby Doo one.
3: That's right. <laughs> I know. I am. She could throw Looney Tunes in there as an extra. Yeah.
4: By googling outside materials. <laughs> that's right.
3: So there are also some large spectacular landmarks that are turned green that are pretty cool. So that I'm going to share some of them with you. One is Rio de Janeiro's Christ the Redeemer, which is a 98-foot tall statue.
2: This is the big one you sometimes see pictures of in Rio, Mm -hmm. way up on the mountaintop. It's a humongous statue of Christ with his arms straight out looking over the city.
3: And... I have pictures of it green and it is bright green the yeah. whole thing and it doesn't look like there's green around it like it doesn't look like it's glowing around it it's just the whole thing is green.
2: So they're lighting it with green lighting.
3: Yeah it's beautiful it's so if you green. would have the chance if you're in Rio during St. Patrick's Day I would say go look at that that's really cool. The next thing is the Coliseum believe it or not. Oh neat. Yes. In the Rome. Co- yep. The Coliseum. The 2,000-year-old stadium takes on a green look for St. Patrick's Day. And it's pretty good, too. It does a good job. They do a good job with it.
2: Now, is that historically accurate? No. This oh, is St.
4: Okay.
3: Patrick's Day <laughs> okay. only.
4: Although a lot of those statues were painted back in the day. They weren't white marble. So we, uh, we're not completely sure in what way or style they were painted.
3: There
4: you go. It could have been all green. Probably not the building.
2: And it's not easy being green.
4: It's not.
3: Kermit the cro- frog would tell you. It's Kermit the frog would tell you. I said Kermit the frog. The Krog.
2: The Krog.
4: <laughs> the Krog. <laughs> That's like the, the Wario Mario kind of thing. It's his rival. <laughs> Kermit yes, the Krog. He
2: has like a little mustache.
3: <laughs> the next thing is the White House fountain. I will say I've seen pictures of this. It's not as spectacular, but two thumbs up for the White House for getting in the spirit of it. Yep. And finally, the coup de gras of this podcast, and one that Cole had already mentioned. Oh, wait.
2: Before you say finally, can I say that the Niagara Falls, they turn green oh, on St. Patrick's Day. In that the, is awesome. In the evening. Yep. It's really pretty. See?
3: Ooh, so pretty. So finally, I'll say gras. it again. The coup de gras. what I'm going to talk about. Something Cole brought up. Thank you for bringing that up, though, because that is really neat. Is... The Chicago River being turned green. Now, every year since 1962, the Chicago River downtown is dyed for St. Patrick's Day. Interestingly, there are discrepancies in the history, which I will point out as I go along in the podcast. In 1961, that is actually accurate, the business manager or union boss, according to whichever source you use, for the chicago journeyman plumbers local union which is quite a mouthful and this chicago journeyman plumbers local union could be 110 or 130. could have started out 110 become 130 i don't know there's some discrepancies there so we're going to just nix the number and call it the local union so this business manager or union boss noticed that a plumber's white overalls had bright kelly green stains all over it which is a a color often associated with Ireland. The stains were caused by the green dye that they used to keep track of pollution and where it seeped into the river. The river was pretty polluted and they were trying to clean it up. So they would put this dye into the pipes, I guess, to to see where it might be leaking. So somehow, and there are conflicting (laughs) stories about how the mayor found out about this, Mayor Richard Daly suggested turning part of Lake Michigan green for St. Patrick's Day, which would be too large of an area. And someone from the Journeyman Plumbers Union suggested a downtown stretch of the river instead. And so it began. So Tom Rowan Sr. worked on the police marine unit in charge of the department's patrol boats. Now Mayor Daly gave Tom Sr. and his colleague... Michael Butler, who worked for the Chicago Regional Port District, the responsibility of dropping the dye into the river from their boats. One is from the Marine Police Unit and one is from the Port District, so both were working on the Chicago River. So when Mayor Daley gave the two of them this responsibility, They brought their teenage sons along to help, making it a family affair of the Rowans and Butlers. And since 1962, the Dye crew has been exclusively the two families. So the only way to become part of the six-person boat crew is to be, even to this day, is to be related by blood or marriage to either Mike Butler or Tom Rowan. So this has been over 50 years that this has been in existence for these two families. So each year the crew shakes an orange powder. Yes, you heard that right. It's an orange powder, which is vegetable based and environmentally friendly into the Chicago river from a sifter. And I do not know, this must be a ginormous sifter, but that is, I've, that's the way it's done. I've read many places. The orange powder turns the Irish shade of green once it gets into the water and is churned, the magical transformation has led it to be called leprechaun dust. So more than 40 pounds of this vegetable dye, orange vegetable dye, is put into the river. Now, it's a secret formula. So pe- many people have tried to figure it out, many companies, many cities, unsuccessfully. What's in it? I can't tell you that. Oh. I mean, I contacted Tom and and Michael Butler, but they were like... No, don't.
2: <laughs> we'll tell you, but don't tell anybody else.
3: That's
1: right.
4: Ground leprechaun is my <laughs>
1: guess. Have um, any of you watched the river on YouTube? I have. And it's very, very interesting. So two boats are
3: required for the dyeing process. One boat dumps the dye. It does the dyeing. And the other boat does the mixing, since you have to turn up the water. The second boat is referred to as the mix master. It's a motorboat that goes back and forth in the water to make it this bright kelly green. So one of the crew said, we give the river a big dose, and then we go to see if we missed any spots. The methods have changed over the years. One Rowan family member, I didn't, I don't know exactly who it was, said, one of the ways my father tried, what well, must be Rowan's son? Mm-hmm. One of the ways my father tried was with huge fire extinguishers. <laughs> the worst I went all over the local buildings and people. He said but not one
1: complaint did we get
3: <laughs> so that's really that was really cute that was funny i
1: will say it's tradition for people to line up and watch them do this as well up to 500,000 people can be along the banks of
3: this and on and on the bridges because it's a very select area of the river and the river doesn't it's not fast flowing so it the dye stays for up to five hours if they're lucky. So anywhere from two to five hours, but with the forty pounds, they finally figured out forty pounds of this dye will keep it to you know probably close to four or five hours of this beautiful brilliant green. So in 2019 The mayor canceled the annual dying because of the coronavirus pandemic. And it makes sense. I mean, you can't have 500,000 people up alongside each other in a pandemic. That's crazy. She said she would do the same in 2020 because of the social distancing concerns over the crowds. But she changed course at the last minute in an effort to uplift local spirits and businesses. And the river dying was not publicized to avoid the crowds from congregating when it's on the bank and the bridges but it was dyed and so people in the local area could come out and enjoy it and take pictures and that kind of thing. The Chicago River Dyeing sponsored by the Chicago Journeyman Plumbers Union still starts the day off at 9 a.m. and I would suggest like Sydney said as you if you can go online and watch the dyeing it's Fascinating. It's so cool the way it they churn it and it, it just turns into this bright beautiful green. If you're in Chicago, the recommended viewing points are from the Michigan Avenue Bridge on the east side, Columbus Drive Bridge on the west side, and Wacker Drive between the two bridges. That's a section of the river that is dyed.
2: It's such a bright green. It's really pretty.
3: It is amazingly bright, and it is that it is that Irish Kelly green that is just, it's just incredible. And it's so funny the way it came about by, kind of by accident, by because they saw this plumber with these streaks all over it. They did, I will say they did start out the first, I think four years, they used an oil-based fluorescent dye. And after, even in the 1960s realized that's not good for the river. So that's when they switched to the vegetable-based dye. Oh, and coal. I'm sorry, I forgot. Something to know is that Tampa actually figured out how to do it. Or something similar. Did they? Yes, because Tampa Bay... I'm trying to find my information. Tampa Bay's doing it for St. Patrick's Day. Because most other cities have tried and failed. Since 2012, Tampa dyes the Hillsborough River, a bright kelly green.
4: Oh, that's awesome.
3: I don't know where the Hillsborough River is but...
4: Hillsborough is the county that Tampa's in.
3: Okay, so the Hillsborough River. You might want to go check that out.
4: Yeah. That's pretty awesome.
3: That's really cool. That would be really cool. Send pictures if you if you go visit it. Absolutely. I mean, of all the p- other places, I mean, Chicago is, of course, the most famous, but for of all the other places for it to have occurred, for somebody to have figured out how to dye a river, it was Tampa, and you live there. Pretty cool.
4: Yeah. I know. That's awesome.
2: But since we know that This happens in Tampa, cool, Now you are required to go.
4: (laughs) That's true. Yeah, it's awesome being in Tampa because the city does so much for all... Like, obviously, we have a lot of diversity here. The city does so much for all of these different holidays. And it's just... It's a big difference, like... When I was up in Virginia, D.C. does a bunch of stuff, but it wasn't that close. It was like an hour, hour and a half away to like get to anything. Traffic could be really rough. But living on Tampa Bay is awesome because there's so much here. Now, something that I do miss a little bit about being up in the D.C. area is uh, I was a huge fan of Indian food and there was a there's a huge indian population in northern virginia that isn't so much isn't so prominent down here in tampa and they would have huge up in the dc area they would have these huge festival celebrations for uh, indian holidays like holly and diwali those are probably the two that are the best known to people in the united states at least people who aren't are not Indian who don't celebrate them. Diwali is celebrated in October and is the Festival of Lights. And Holly is celebrated I think in March 18th this year and is the Festival of Colors. So there's some really awesome resources online that can sort of give you a background into what Diwali and Holly are. I ended up at lih.travel, that's short for Leisure India Holidays.travel. A lot of travel sites are really good for uh, explaining different holidays, festivals, that kind of thing from all around the world. Holi is the festival of colors, the celebration of love, and it holds a special and unique charm, giving a wonderful occasion for enjoying with near and dear ones. Mainly, the festival symbolizes about commemorating the victory over evil. Holi has a very long tradition in India. Uh, But is celebrated in a lot of different places around the world, uh, especially in the modern day and age where people have moved out of sort of their original geographic home to all different countries around the globe, sharing their traditions and a lot of blending of ideas. But some ideas, like victory over a victory of good over evil, uh, do kind of in a lot of ways transcend culture.
3: That's true.
4: People have celebrated them in their own ways for many, many years. People celebrate the festival with the burning of the demon Holika, with the protection of Pralada by Lord Vishnu, which reveals Holi, the festival of colors, in Indian history. So I'm going to I'm going to explain the history of Holi and try to follow along as best you can. It's a lot of Indian names. Okay. The point of the story is that. One of the primary and best known Indian gods, Vishnu, saves a follower of himself from the demon Holika. So, the festival of Holi in India signifies the arrival of spring, the end of winter, forget and forgiveness, and helps in building broken relationships. Holi starts on the evening of Purnima, full moon day. In Vikram Samvat, the Hindu calendar month of Palguna. The festival is celebrated in two ways, Holika Dahan or Chahoti Hali and Duleti Dulandi or Pakwa. The celebration starts on the night before Hali with Holika Dahan, where religious rituals happen in front of a bonfire. Holika Dahan is an auspicious part of the frolicking element of the festival of Hali. Holika, sister of the king of the demons, Hiran Shippu, depicts the evil inside you. Dahan means submission to the great eternal powers. According to Indian mythology, Holika was incapacitated by Lord Vishnu in the fire when she was trying to burn and harm Pralad, a devotee of Lord Vishnu. Therein, every year, Indians all around the world burn effigies of holika in form of some old trunk and stick it in a bonfire in the middle of the streets, illustrating the submission of evil inside them in holy fire. According to the Hindu mythology of Bhagavata Purana, which reveals all holy festival history, Yakashipu was the king of demonic asuras and gained a boon which made him gain five special powers. He asked everyone to worship only him, but his son, Pralada, disagreed and devoted himself to Lord Vishnu, which infuriated the demon king, who gave him cruel fun- punishments, and finally sent Holika, Pralada's evil aunt, to trick him into sitting on a pyre with her. As the fire roared, Holika burned while Pralada survived. And at this time, Vishnu appeared and eviscerated and killed the king with his lion's claws. Yikes. So, as I was reading the story, I thought it was interesting that Holika decided to trick Pralada by saying, let's both sit on this pyre, but Holika had to have known that she was still very flammable. (laughs)
2: Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah.
4: So maybe it was just a high-risk, high-reward kind of situation for her. Holly is called the Festival of Colors, but what do the colors in Holly represent? Although celebrating the festival is common, the mode and protocols of celebration vary greatly from place to place, and it's the same with a lot of festivals around the world. Uh, the most common practice observed and followed is using gulal, or colors, in the form of dry powder. Holly is a Festival of Colors. And even watercolors are used in various ways. But gulal, in the local language is a significant part of the celebration and is made uh, with color preparation from various ingredients. Such components have changed over time. Artificial sources of chemicals have taken the place of natural elements like vegetable and plant sources, flower petals, even elements of cannabis which were used in olden days. Uh, And if there are any of you who are unfamiliar with kind of what the powder is, it is usually stored in large baskets or buckets and people will grab handfuls and either throw it into the air or onto each other, both usually. People will chase each other around trying to throw powder onto each other. The powder does because it is so fine, it does linger in the air too. So you have all of these kind of a misting of different colors all around you. The people are usually all colored in, in all kinds of different blues and yellows and reds and greens. There you go. That's another way to color someone green. There you go. Is during the, the holy celebration. <laughs> if you're unfamiliar with it, yeah uh, definitely go online, watch some you know YouTube videos of it because Holly is so colorful and such an integral part of Indian culture, it's depicted in a lot of Indian Bollywood movies, which themselves usually are very colorful and full of energy and life. If I had to say like a scene from a movie that I think would be really awesome if you're not familiar with what Holly is. My favorite Bollywood movie, I'm not going to say the title, but the song is called Balam Pichkari. So if anyone wants to go and look that up, they're dancing around and singing during the festival of Holly uh, in a small village. So that's very enchanting. Holly, of course, along with many other festivals around the world, comes with a lot of food. Traditional famous foods are uh, starting with Gujiya Dahivada and ending with. Kisari, Malai, Peda, and Bang.
3: When you first started talking about it, it reminded me of like, you know how infectious you can see in cafeterias, like food fights for kids. You start throwing things all over the place and get it really, I like, yeah. have a lot of fun with it. This is like a sanctioned color fight, <laughs> I guess. It, it
4: is. It is in a lot of ways, like a sanctioned color fight, yeah. but you know, without sides and with the expectation. If anyone you know, is inspired by this to go and experience Holly, either in if your city is celebrating it or if you want to go to India. I've, there's a lot of really awesome ways to celebrate it in the big city, in small towns. They celebrate it everywhere. Go in with the ex- expectation that you will not come out of it clean.
2: <laughs> right.
4: Yeah, don't wear your, your best white suit. <laughs> uh, because it's completely expected for strangers to throw it onto you as well it's not just you and your friends kind of thing everything is happening it's a lot of the 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 point is sort of color and joy so if it's if getting the color on you is not going to make you joyous then uh, maybe skip this particular festival but there's so many awesome indian foods duska a bihar dish with a crunchy and mild sweet taste Tandai Malpua with flavor of cardamom from sweet Koya. If we have any Indian listeners or any listeners who have experienced Holly before, definitely shoot us an email. Let us know what kind of foods that you've experienced before and maybe some recommendations. But a while ago, I was planning to go to India to experience Holly, but then COVID hit. So Halei is probably not the best place to be. In a, in a COVID right. environment, Correct. at least right now. Yeah. I do think it's one of those things that people who aren't familiar, people who aren't from India, people who aren't really familiar with it, still will kind of recognize the images of uh, the powder being thrown into the air. And not necessarily know what it means, but know that it is synonymous in some way with India. I love you know all the all the elements of it. It seems like such a such a time of color and life and joy, so definitely, if it's in your city, if your city's having a, a holiday celebration, go and check it out.
3: do you know if tampa is
4: I don't know. I don't think Tampa is I know d c does sometimes, oh, yeah. but uh, like I said, they have a much larger Indian population up in Northern Virginia. Right.
2: Yeah. yeah, it sounds like a very fun, colorful holiday and traditions. I think it is nice to see it kind of in action, too. You know, you're describing it with words, but it's worth going online because it's such a visual holiday as
4: well. Yeah, and it looks like uh, Tampa is having a holy color fest. Okay. So I'm not sure what that means. It's I imagine it's probably not as big as it is in India, where buildings and streets and everything is coated in colors. Right. Uh, probably a little more reserved, but I'll have to I'll have to check that out.
3: I just was looking. I just looked up images. Yeah. Of this.
4: It's so pretty.
3: It's like crazy. It's like wow, that is a lot of color. And the neat thing is, it doesn't blend into a brown. Right. It the colors stay distinct.
2: Yep. And these are the bright colors, not like pastels. These are like a lot of bright pinks and yellows and greens and oranges
4: and lots of really bright blues.
1: They're jewel Uh, tones. Yeah, really pretty. Yeah.
4: I know in the U.S., at least, a lot of people do get really worried about going to these things. If it's not your culture, cultural appropriation. Every Indian person that I've talked to loves to share the experience of Holly with other people, to bring as many people as they can It's about it's about bringing people in the victory of good over evil, like I said, is transcends culture. Yeah. So don't be don't be too concerned if, you know, you don't know anyone. Go and uh, go and check it out. Yeah.
2: And, you know, you can research online, you know, if you were to go to somebody else's holiday right? that you're not familiar with, research online. Absolutely. And then when you're there, ask questions, right? You know, just ask questions. Oh, why do you do this? Or I read this. Do you guys do that? Yeah, lots of ways to participate in other people's holidays. Yeah, awesome, Cole. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, our that's future really cool. our future festivities are for February twenty eighth. February twenty eighth is National Tooth Fairy Day. March first is Mardi Gras or Fat Tuesday. March second is Ash Wednesday. March third is World Wildlife Day. March fourth is March fourth and Do Something Day. <laughs> March 5th is the Iditarod Trail Sled Race start date. March 6th, National Oreo Day. March 7th, Cereal Day. March 8th, International Women's Day. March 9th, National Meatball Day. March 10th, Popcorn Lover's Day. March 11th, Dream Day 2022. March 12th, Girl Scouts Day. And March 13th is Daylight Savings Time. So we lose an hour on March 13th. Wow. You can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at Holiday Underscore Moons. We are on Instagram at Holiday Moons, all one word. You can find us on Facebook by searching Holiday Moons in the search bar. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. And you can email us at any time at HolidayMoons at gmail.com.
1: So for Sydney, Randy, Beth,
2: and Cole,
4: Happy
1: March. March!
0: I'll be marching along in the big parade on St. Patrick's Day. I'll be up to me neck in shamrocks as I march along the way. I'll swing that old shillelagh as I wave to each Colleen. I'll tilt me ear the better to hear the wearing of the green. Oh, the, the Kelly's from Killarney, the Murphy's from Kildare. The Hallahans and Callahans who came from County Clare. There'll be folks from dear old Dublin all the way to County Cork. They'll be marching in the big parade right here in old New York oh the mayor will be in the big parade strutting high and grand and behind him will march a thousand cops who come from ireland those beautiful songs of erin the band will play them all we'll march along we'll sing in the song the harp of tear hall. those sons and daughters of erin a hundred thousand strong will be singing the songs of ireland as they march along Their eyes will shine with laughter, their hearts will all be gay, When the Irish all turn out to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. We'll be marching along in the big parade on St. Patrick's Day, Not for all of the tea in Dublin would I ever stay away. I'll trip the light fantastic and how proud I'm gonna feel, the band will play, go witchy, go way, a good old Irish reel. There'll be Cooney, Mulrooney, and Mickey O'Dowd Cutting up capers and pleasing the crowd. Hogan and Rogan will kick up their heels Singing and dancing the jigs and the reels. The Connells, O'Donnells, and Larry O'Toole Maloney, Mahoney, and Lefty O'Doul never a man as happy as they on St. Patrick's Day. I'll be marching along in the big parade, twinkle in me eye. We'll be proud as a thousand peacocks with our heads up in the sky. I'll be there, you can bet you, when the band begins to play, and the Irish all turn out to celebrate St. Patrick's Day.